Hello, and welcome to the SMTC podcast. I'm Courtney McCarr, and I'm joined by Grant Gregorian. SMTC is the Society of Marketing Technology Consultants, which is a community created to educate and support anyone involved in the MarTech world as a consultant. In this podcast, we explore all that it means to be a great consultant from setting up your business or joining an agency to how to find new clients and keep your existing clients happy. If you're thinking about going into consulting or you're already a successful consultant, please join us by going to joinsmtc.com and become a member. It's free. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what's on your mind because we're going to tell you what's on ours. Today's guest, we have Justin Norris from Perkyo. Hello, Justin. Hey, Courtney. Grant, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, do you want to just do a little self-introduction and background and about how you got into this MarTech world and where you're currently working? Sure. So and today I am the Director of Solutions Architecture at Procuto. Um, Procuto is a uh, platinum Marketo agency and, and sort of focused specifically on Marketo within the Adobe ecosystem. Um, before, so I've been there for about the last coming up on six years now. Uh, before that, my, my path into MarTech has been uh, a little bit odd. I, I was an English major um, in school and, and sort of went on to become interested in copywriting, which kind of led me from a sort of a, a leap from there into marketing um, and really consider myself more of like the marketing generalist, you know, sort of interested in brand and, and different things. And, um, went on to work as the first marketing hire and the fifth employee at a uh, startup um, in Toronto. And, and that one of the first decisions we made there was bringing on marketing automation. Uh, that was more of like a, a B2B that acted like a, a B2C, a little bit of selling a small business as e-commerce, really, really transactional. So our Marketo use case in some ways was like a little bit different than a lot of others because we were really using it to sort of scale and really create like self-service funnels, if you like. Oh, um, go ahead. What time, what year was that? Like how long it had? Yes. So that, that, that was, that was 2011. Um, so that was really early, relatively like in, in, in that time, like we were evaluating players that don't even exist anymore in the, in the marketing automation world. Um, and Mercado was already kind of like a, you know, it was like the, the, the one to beat. It wasn't, it wasn't as mature as Eloqua, but, but VCs were talking about it. It seemed the most sophisticated. It had, you know, the most interesting things you could do with it. And it was, it was pretty clear that that was a, a platform that you wanted to be on. Yeah. I actually remember that year. Cause I think it was back at Dreamforce. That was, I think 2011, the year they had their big booth. They had, you know, really good floor planning and it was just purple everywhere. I think they had had some, a funding round or something like that. And all the employees were super jazzed. And I was like, man, this is so cool. It's like Salesforce CRM, but for marketers, like I want to get in on this. So that was kind of around my, my time frame as well. Yeah. So it was, it was early days. It was like pre forms 2.0 pre um, engagement programs, but there was, there was a lot of, a lot of good hype about Marketo and you know how it is when you're like at a, a really early stage startup, like you just do everything. So I got it and like went home that, that night and, you know, started reviewing the documentation, started building and we brought in Salesforce and I became the de facto admin for that as well. Um, and as that company grew and scaled, what I found, even though, you know, I was responsible for channels and I was managing kind of like a SDR slash customer success team and you know, doing a dozen other things besides, I kept gravitating to systems. Like I, and I never really thought of myself that way before, like, but 
um, that was sort of where my interest was. And I really liked, I really liked laying down the pipes and, and installing the wiring and just setting up those, um, those really scalable automated things. And I actually found my, my focus became a lot more on the automation than on the marketing. The marketing was still the context, but like the process piece and the technology and the, the how um, really became an interest. Um, and, and that was even before there was, I don't know how it was, but at the time when I wanted to change my title to sort of recognize this change, I, I, I didn't even have marketing operations in my lexicon. Um, so my title at the time was the director of CRM, which seemed to encapsulate it, but that even, even that term as a title, you know, wasn't very available to me. Um, and then, you know, from there, I kind of maxed out. In, in what I felt I was able to accomplish in, in that organization, just in terms of recognition or, or impact. Um, and so it was sort of time to branch out. And I actually thought about, you know, my initial thinking was I'm going to go and be an independent because I just had a bad experience with agencies. Um, the, the, the agencies I'd worked with, the consultants I'd worked with, hadn't been great um, in terms of the experience for me. And I was worried about, you know, getting getting put through the meat grinder. I had this impression agencies, they just kind of chew you up and, and spit you out and really bad work-life balance and really um, just, just not a lot of integrity. And I don't really feel that impression was, was justified, but somehow that's where I was. So I was kind of looking around doing competitive research on these different agencies and happened to click on the LinkedIn profile of Alex Palicci, who's the CEO of Procuto. And, and he reached out to me and you know, that's how I got started talking with them. That's how I landed at Procuro. Wow. I wonder, um, that's probably not uncommon. Had you worked with an agency like as a customer prior to that? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't a big agency or a big engagement, but it wasn't, um, yeah, it just wasn't a great experience in terms of how it ended up for me. So did you, did you have any clients as a solo or were you like looking around or just thinking no, about I, it? I never even got a chance to put my shingle up because um, I got into that conversation and, um, and obviously I never liked what I heard in that conversation. I think, I think I was quickly reassured. Go ahead. Yeah, no. What did you, what did you hear? Like, how did they go from a skeptical guy about agencies to then, <laughs> get, you know, getting you to join the team? Yeah. Well, I also mentioned that Procuto at that time was, was relatively small. I mean, not not that today Procuto is huge, like compared to like Accenture or some of these other players. But in the Marketo space, you know, we're now on the bigger side of the spectrum. But at that time, I was employee number eight, so still very much a startup. Um, still, you know, working really closely with the founders, not that many other people. Uh, and I thought, you know, two, two co-founders for Kudo, Alex and Yusef. Um, Alex was a very early customer of Marketo um, and, you know, still very actively involved kind of in the delivery side of things at that time. And Yusef uh, is a Lean Six Sigma black belt. So their whole value proposition was combining uh, process excellence and expertise with marketing automation, which really um, appealed to me. And there seemed like really high level of integrity. I thought there was a really good value spit. Um, just, I don't know, every, everything landed, we talked, I was like, yeah, these, these guys seem seem pretty good. Like, this seems kind of like the real deal. And um, generally speaking, I think I'm, I'm probably more comfortable in an agency environment anyways. I mean, I've never tried it any other way, so I don't know. But um, I'm comfortable focusing on just delivering my best work, not necessarily having to worry about um, 
all the other things, marketing, sales, business development, finance, all the stuff that comes when you're independent. And, I, I like that. Go ahead. And you didn't, you didn't get scared by the fact that it's just a couple of guys, you know, like, uh, you know, that some people, for <laughs> yeah. some people that would be a, a huge red flag, like, Oh my God, like, I don't know if these guys will be around or if they can right. afford to hire me. You were like, no, this is, I mean, you were already at a startup. So. I think, yeah, that's the point I was going to make is, you know, uh, the startup I was at had then grown to about 40. So I kind of grown that from like five to 40 people. And notwithstanding that being a startup, you're still going through all the, you know, the VC funding ups and downs and all that sort of thing. So I was used to a certain amount of um, uncertainty. So that, that didn't make me feel uncomfortable. And, you know, unlike the software company I was coming from, Procuto was, was profitable and self-funded. It's not like they had a bunch of VC cash because it's a service business. So yeah, it didn't feel like as big of a risk as it may have otherwise seemed. So talk through your, you know, your first few days. How was it different from what you expected? And uh, yeah, like, like give us, give us a little, you know, and then I, I, I'm super curious because now it's been six years, I think you said. And um, mm. how, how has that, how has Percuto changed and how has your role changed? <laughs> That's a big, uh, a big question. I mean, so at that time, um, there was already a lot of process, even for being a smaller agency, um, but it was still a, a newer company. So, you know, there's a lot more that we have now in terms of onboarding and different things. At that time, I went to Montreal. Um, we, we went and, uh, and hung out as a team for a bit. Um, uh, Alex, actually the founder, he had a, a place that uh, he wasn't living there anymore, but um, had renovated this uh, this kind of townhouse, like a three-story townhouse. He opened it up and made it into this really, really gorgeous space, a kind of open concept space. So the team's actually using that to work um, on the days when we got together, even though it was a remote company. So we got together there and yeah, everyone was super friendly. Um, but I, at the time, I just, I jumped right in. I think my first day I was hopping on a client call and there's an, a sort of imposter syndrome, I think, that you naturally feel when you move from being in-house to an agency. Even if you're the expert in your company, you only know what you've experienced there. So there's this natural sense of like, I, I have blind spots that I don't know about. And, and no doubt that's true. But I think what you realize when you first jump on a call with a client is that um, you still probably know way more than you know, 99% of the people that you're speaking to. And you, you fall into your rhythm and you, know, you just you just go. I love that. Uh, I go ahead. For a lot of these new consultants, myself included, is, you know, I've been in a couple different instances of Marketo and it sounds like you had only been in one Marketo instance. That's you know, right, built, yeah. And built from the ground up. So then going into not only someone else's business and their architecture, different business models, um, but it's, you know, a pretty... Uh, trial by fire learning experience, but you had the support of an agency and other people to kind of help you through that part. Yeah, I mean, it was weird. It was it was a different time in the sense that um, Procuto is much more of a team approach today. So, um, and that's one of the things that we kind of offer in some ways as a as a distinguishing um, value. One of the things that we bring is that when you sign up Procuto, we're not just going to put you know one body on your account. You're going to have a team and you're still going to have a lead consultant and a project manager, but there's going to be a variety of people involved in that account. There's going to be some redundancy. Um, we peer review each other's work. We uh, have different people doing build and QA. So there's a whole thing around it. 
back then it was much more, all right, Justin, here's your own accounts, you know, A, B, and C, and you run with it. And we're still going to get together and talk about, you know, how the project is going and do a call down with the PM, you know, once a week or whatever, but it was much more independent. And so I think the people that were joining and working at that time were, were more comfortable just like, all right, I'm going to run with it. And um, if I've never done a life cycle before or whatever, like I'm going to figure it out through, you know, looking at documentation of what other people in the company have done or talking through some peers or, you know, just researching what's best practice out there. Um, these days, I think we've got a lot more support. So it's coming to the point of like, how has Percuto changed? Um, you don't just get thrown in and put on an account like that. You might start shadowing or you might start, if you're coming in at a more junior level, let's say you might start with QA um, and then progress up until you're leading tasks and then leading an account and then maybe, you know, doing, doing net new things, doing net new solution design. So it's much more of a graduated process, but none of that was built out in the beginning. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, you, it's like Justin just joined. He's done this once before go for it. And you're like, no problem. I got this. We're going to do it. I was going to say that like, Oh, it takes like, you know, some, confidence to be able to just step in and try to help other people, even though you yourself have only done it once. But, in, but on the other hand, you're right. Like the time was different because there was no one really who had done it more than once because the thing was so new. And so in a way you're kind of discovering how to make things work. You're building together. And so the context is totally different. Like today for the same services, you wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. And I also think that, Percuto has gone uh, much more out of market in terms of our clientele um, and, you know, in, in terms of the size. So doing with a lot more enterprise was there. I think enterprise was a relatively smaller proportion. And I should also mention, just because you've just been in one Marketo instance, you still, it's not that you've done anything just once, typically. Maybe some areas that if your business didn't, like, I don't think we ever really needed to use the revenue modeler at my first company. So, like, that was a learning gap for me. But you still built out, you know, a hundred webinars or, you know, 500 email per, or whatever, you know, there's certain things that, you know, but it's more, um, I think it's the diversity of experience you get because you're exposed to clients with different use cases. So you end up covering all of your bases. Um, but yeah, to your point, I think the consulting ecosystem was a lot younger than as well within Marketo. And now these days it's certainly grown up. Yeah, for sure. My comment, um, on, the consulting relationship we're going in house and moving to consulting is it's also not 100% about the tactical, about building 100 webinar programs. It's sometimes you're coming in to be a little bit of a therapist and to help your clients figure out their politics that they're going through, mm -hmm. who's making a decision. So can you talk a little bit about what that's like on the uh, consulting side of the house? Yeah, so I'm so, I'm so glad you went there, uh, Courtney, because to me, I think that like, it, like obviously there's a huge technical, um, learning that you go through just through the variety of experience that you gain. But I think the one thing I didn't really realize going to consulting and the one thing I think any, you know, people that are considering it, whether agency or independent should, should think about is like, it's an actual skill set. You don't really think about it. Like I know Marketo, I'll go be a Marketo consultant, but you might not know the consultant part. And there's a whole variety of skills associated with that from um, the ability to conduct discovery to actually like, you know, sort of do the business analysis, understand what a client's requirements are, to navigate internal politics, like you said, understand stakeholders, what do they need, what do you actually need to do to make a project a success, 
um, how to document things, how to communicate it clearly and can, you know, show up professionally, um, have the life cycle of a project, QA, like there's a whole bunch of stuff that uh, some of it you just, you know, you can learn about, some of it you just learn through experience. But that, that was the biggest thing that I really didn't expect going in. I just thought, do I know Marketo? And actually there's, I'd probably, if I said, you know, there's like the, the soft consulting skills and then the tech skills, I'd rather have someone that's like an eight on both than someone that's like a 10 and a five, because those, those skills are really going to hold you back if you don't have them. Yeah, absolutely agree. It's been a muscle that I've been, you know, working on and getting better at. But I do think that the soft skills are important. And a lot of the people that I've talked to and, you know, some of them are clients or people that were just kind of, you know, discussing the idea of bringing in a consultant. They'll say as a marketing team, the sales side of the house has lost a lot of trust with us. Like we need some quick wins. We need those low hanging fruit. Like what can you come in and fix in a week? so that we can get the the sales team to believe us again and we tell them we're gonna fix this and we're gonna improve X and fix Y. So that's been something that has been really um, good for me in my career to learn, you know, how I can advise them on it. And then perhaps someday I'll go back in-house and and be a in-house employee um, and those skills are transfer over again. I don't know if you folks have noticed this, but the other, this is maybe a perk, like there's perks and downsides to everything, but with being a consultant, people give you greater credibility. You might say the same thing, but if you say it to your colleagues in house, they might say, okay, but like, what are the best practices? And if you come in as a consultant and say it, they're like, great, you know, the expert has, has said this. And so we're going to believe it. it's a little unfair in some ways, but it is an advantage that's built into the role. So sense. Totally. I, I, I definitely also agree that it's completely unfair. I think when you first join a team, um, like in, in-house, you have like three months or so when you have that aura where people are like whittling to listen to you. And then I think that kind of goes away. <laughs> and, then <you're, laughs> and, then, and then you have to be like, oh yeah, like we know what this guy was going to say. Yeah, let's bring in a consultant. But I mean, like, Justin, I think you're a millennial, you know? And yeah. Yeah. So like we're supposed to be jumping, you know, every year or two to a new thing. And I certainly have somewhat followed that pattern, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, maybe three, four years in my case, but you're, you're going on six. That's like, that's actually kind of unusual. Um, a long time. So what's up with that? How do how do you, have you been, you know, have you been tempted to go in house or go solo and why, why, why does the agency, and, and specifically this agency, you know, been, been so good for you for, to, to so, stay for six years. That's a, a good question. Um, so I think a few things about me, like I, I don't think I've stayed at any job less than three years that I've ever worked at. Um, so I, I'm already slightly outside of that millennial mold. And part of that's just a natural, I'm a little bit conservative when it comes to changing jobs. Like I always, you know, you wouldn't think of a new job. You think of like the grass being greener, but I'm always a little bit like, but what if, and what if I don't like it? And, you know, so I'm some extent always a bit comfortable with what I have and not that it stopped me from making a change, but I always think really long and hard. Um, it was actually a really difficult decision to join Procuto in the first place. And looking back, you know, it was a fantastic decision, but um, you know, so, so there's that. Um, but even above and beyond that, I think, um, you know, Procuto has, has given me the opportunity for growth. So I think if it hadn't, then I wouldn't have stayed as long as I have. But, you know, I started as a senior consultant, 
um, we, we kind of created, it didn't really exist at the time, but we created a new category of role of solutions architect who um, really are, are doing more net new solution design. So maybe if there's things that just we haven't done before really require a lot of um, a bit more on the innovation side. That's sort of the purview of essays at Procuto, um, as well as doing some of the pre-sale scoping. Um, so that, that you know, was, was giving me continual growth. And then when I reached a point where like, you know, I, I really feel like I want you to make um, a jump kind of from a title perspective, just from a, from my career trajectory, I was kind of able to work with um, my boss and, and the management team and say, and pitch a role that didn't exist before. So there was no director of solutions architecture position. I was really able to write that job description and they looked at it and said, yeah, like this makes sense. And, and so I was able to craft a role that, that worked for me. Um, so that really helps. I mean, if you can, if you can design your own, your own path and find something that works for you and works for the company and, and have growth within the company, then, you know, I, I got really lucky that way, I think. Um, and then as Procuro itself has continued to grow, I've continued to receive, you know, new opportunities. So, it just in terms of you know exploring new technologies, building new areas of the practice, growing other people, building a team, so all that's been been really rewarding. It doesn't mean I would never you know go back in house or never do anything else. Um, you know that could be fun one day. But the other thing that's nice, quite frankly, is that you know I, I've been working remotely since before before COVID. Procuro is a really um, good remote culture because it's always been that way. So it's been designed that way. It also really has an emphasis on work life balance. So it would actually be kind of difficult to achieve um, the, the lifestyle uh, coupled with the, the stimulating, challenging, interesting work that I have I'm at another company. It wouldn't be impossible, but the, the bar has been set rather high. So that's another factor. Okay, but can you tell us, I mean, I, I know a little bit about it, but because you, when you say remote, you mean remote. Well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in the you know, in a, in a, like the, the Arctic or anything like that. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, in a rural area. So I'm outside of Toronto, um, in the country. And that was, that was a decision that you know, my family made, um, as I said, even before I, I started at Procuto, but the, the difference really was that, that even though I was able to do that at my last company, which was, which was good of them, um, I was the only remote person at a company where, um, still everybody was really office centric. Uh, and they didn't have other offices. So a lot of those habits of like, you always include a, a web conference link in a meeting or stuff like that. I was always like, hey, can someone make sure to include a phone number or something? So, or make sure to call me. It was, like, it was that experience. You're kind of a second class citizen. Yeah. And, um, and so I still was able to do really good work, but it limited, um, I went from having reports, not having reports. And you know, that was a sacrifice that I made, made willingly at the time, but it, it limited to a degree, like what I was able to do. Um, and, and just how I was able to, to show up and relate to my peers. Procuro, really different. And I think this is not necessarily unique now. Like everybody, you know, has learned to do this. But um, even though there was always a strong contingent of people in Montreal where the head office was, there's always people everywhere. And so everything was always um, web conference. Um, you know, we started using Slack really early on. So it wasn't, it wasn't this experience at all. I, I didn't feel like I was missing anything. Um, I didn't feel like, you know, I was connecting with people quite the opposite. It actually gave me the, just for me, right amount of social interaction. Um, so I feel like Purdue Scott remote work pretty right. Like it could always improve, but I think we've done a good job and that's, you know, that's helped. 
Yeah, you're not the only uh, consultant and the Martech consultants I've spoken to who is living kind of a um, rural, you know, far away from office lifestyle. And yeah. I think whenever you do that, you're essentially committing to remote work because like yeah. you're never going to go to an office, which which invariably like limits your pool of possibilities for the future. I mean, it opens up all sorts of other things in terms of your own life, but it doesn't it doesn't, it's not like you can go get a job anywhere in Montreal or something like being close to a metropolitan area or like being in San Francisco or something definitely has, gives you opportunities you don't otherwise have. Uh, but on the other hand, you're right that the COVID experience probably vastly opened up the world to um, some of us, you know, who are remote to then be able to tap into companies and people who Otherwise, we're very closed in their thinking and had, you know, in-office only cultures and now suddenly are forced to and are learning to, you know, take advantage of the remote culture. So, you know, with all the horrible things that have obviously emerged with the pandemic situation, maybe one, one, um, at least one thing that, that is not bad, and, uh, I don't want to say silver linings, I think it just feels inappropriate, but like just a, just one positive, I guess, is is perhaps the openness to remote work and just even even companies that you think are so like progressive and futuristic and all this stuff so really centered around this notion of the office and um i i think it's archaic obviously I, my feelings probably clear where i live but yeah and i speak to people uh, who were living like in the bay area like oh i'm like two hours in the car so yeah, they're paying yeah. you know five times as much for their for a smaller house and wasting a lot of time each day in the car that away from their families or on public transit, whatever. And, um, yeah, I would, I would never go back and I accepted that willingly, even knowing it would limit the, the future opportunities. And now that's probably even not necessarily true or to a much lesser extent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would, I would never go back personally for me. It's, it's a no brainer. Yeah. Well, um, one of the things that I, I appreciate about you is, um, your uh, and I think people who listen to this podcast will understand this. And having listened to you, is your cool character? You are a cool, cool operator. And in Martech, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of you know passion that happens and people are freaking out and stuff breaking. And so to have a consultant who has an even keel and who is you know uh, not going to get um, shaken easily, I can see how valuable that is. So you're a I'm sure you're a great asset to both Procuto and your client. I just from appreciate that. that <laughs> and, and I, and you're I a pretty to... cool operator yourself. <laughs> so thanks for, thanks for taking the time to chat with us. You've given lots of great uh, things for us to think about, about um, joining an agency and how successful you can be over a long career um, with a single agency. You don't have to be jumping around everywhere. To, to grow into a role and to define your own roles. That, that is so cool. And, and to be able to live wherever you want to live, you know, and, and still work with, you know, biggest, coolest companies in the world. So thanks, thanks again for your time. Thanks, Courtney. Thanks for coming. Yeah, I feel, feel fortunate. And, uh, you know, in closing, I would say consulting is a great career. I think it's something that, you know, if you're specializing in this space, um, it's a great thing to do, even if it's just for a few years, to get that range of experience. And when you go back in-house, you're going to go back armed with a skill set that, you know, is much, much bigger. Um, so whether you do it independent or an agency, you know, it's a great experience. And yeah, I feel fortunate. So thank you for having yeah. me on. 
Thanks. And thank you for listening to this episode of SMTC Podcast. If you like this episode, please rate us on the platform you're listening on. The ratings help make this podcast better and make it easier for other people to discover it as well because of the algorithms. Also, be sure to subscribe. And if you haven't already, join the SMTC by going to joinsmtc.com and join as a member. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.